Welcome to the Truth Script Tuesday podcast. It's been a few weeks since we've done a Truth Script Tuesday episode, and we have three great articles to talk about today. It won't be a long episode. Before we get to them, I do want to let you know about uh, some opportunities here with Truth Script. We actually have a conference, if you go to the top of truthscript.com, that you can check out, uh, the Eureka Truth Script Conference in 2024. It's on May 4th through 5th at Eureka Baptist Church, and that's in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin. Seth Brickley, David Wheaton, myself, Russell Fuller, and Jeff Clewer, Pastor Jeff Clewer, are going to be speaking there. So mark your calendars and come, come on out for that. The details are on the TruthScript website. And of course, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can also donate. We are a 501c3, and you can publish with us by going to the publish link and uh, find out more about it there. So um, we have three articles, like I said, on the TruthScript website. It is the week before Christmas. So welcome, uh, everyone who's <laughs> involved in Christmas shopping and preparing for Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. We have, uh, to start off, a, an article called The Doctrine of Niceness by Seth Brickley. And Seth, uh, Pastor Seth Brickley makes the argument that the virtue that really stands out in our modern context is being nice. And of course, nice is a good thing, right? We have kindness, love, compassion, all kinds of things that seem to parallel niceness in the New Testament. We don't have that word unless maybe you're looking at certain modern translations. But um, but, but you, you have here uh, a situation where slogans like love is love, kindness is everything, hate has no home here are just commonly expressed. And they're mostly associated with the left. This is how the left gets us to accept uh, large numbers of Muslim refugees, for example, hate has no home here. You're, you're, if you don't want that, then you're hate. You're a hater of some kind. This is how they get a, us to accept gay marriage, right? Love is love. So, so those kinds of uh, slogans are weaponized against uh, Christians and the kind of American population that was here before. Um, but I, I would say that this exists on the right as well. And and Seth Brickley doesn't get into the politics of this, but you have people on the right that are also appealing to this as somehow part of their own uh, their own philosophy of life that they don't conceive necessarily, at least people on the elite right sometimes, of the fact that we are all born into societies with certain obligations. We're social creatures. We don't, we're not blank slates at the beginning of our lives. And so it's not just the decisions we make that affect us, but decisions that were made before we were ever born. And that's just true for every single person. That's just the way that it's designed. This used to be called providence. But uh, because of this assumption that we are self-made people, that we have certain choices and jobs and we earn money and we can pursue whatever pleasures and interests we have in the market, then um, there's this assumption that being nice means kind of letting people pursue those interests, not creating barricades for them and uh, just letting them be themselves, right? Expressing themselves. And, and that's, that's what being nice is. And of course, the, the truth is we don't get to create ourselves. We are who our creator tells us we are. There is a certain order out there. And Seth Brickley brings this home by saying, 1 Corinthians 13, 6 says, love rejoices with the truth. And you can't just be nice all the time in that definition, with that understanding, uh, if you're also going to be honest. Those two things are in conflict. Sometimes if someone wants to pursue something that's actually not true, then you have to call it out and say, that's not true, or at least don't treat it like it's true in the name of being nice. And we have a problem that many Christians are unfortunately, they have decided to go along with being nice, according to our world's definition of that, instead of doing what the loving thing is. And I, you know, I would wager, not even wager, I would just say it's because it's true. It's not nice 
uh, actually letting someone make decisions that are not true that they make at their own peril because we don't want to offend them. Um, and Seth Brickley uh, talks about that we're that truth is important, that it is not only social justice where the theology of niceness makes room for false teaching, it is in any errant teaching that has a Christian veneer to it. To strongly opposed that God used evolutionary processes over millions of years to create life is frowned upon within many evangelical churches. But a Christian who values truth understands that death cannot persist. So he goes into other issues, he goes into evolution, uh, Darwinian evolution, and talks about, hey, that's not true. It's not nice to just... Um, it, go through life acting as if that's true so as to make sure that you have smooth sailing. Every pastor is called to not only proclaim the truth of God's word, but also to defend it. So pastors specifically have a role of being a truth teller. And if they're going to tiptoe around things, if they're going to not directly confront things, if they're going to uh, downplay and diminish things in the name of being nice, then they're not doing their job. He also talks about evangelism and being winsome. The whole winsome approach uh, that seeks to appeal to pagans in the world so that uh, they will not be offended by us, but instead attracted to us, and then maybe they'll like Jesus. That whole approach is undergirded by this whole niceness, that uh, thou shalt be nice is more important than thou shalt tell the truth. And, uh, and really, thou shalt love thy neighbor, because love is in conflict with this version of being nice. Um, uh, it's... In evangelism, it's important to let people know that they're sinners. That's the first part of sharing the good news of the gospel is letting them know the bad news. And if you can't ever get there because you're trying to be nice, then you can't ever really fulfill the Great Commission. And so the doctrine of niceness uh, is a serious threat, according to Seth Brickley. And then we have another um, article. This is actually by me. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I actually have a lot more on this. I preached a sermon on this on my Conversations That Matter podcast feed. But I'll just say this. The, the title is The Story of Job for Those Who Struggle with Grief During Christmas. And my wife, her mother uh, passed away two months ago. And that's hard going through the holidays, having a loved one that's not with you. And we're not the only ones who have that. So um, I wanted to dive into Job and just examine the, the story where Job doesn't know exactly why he's going through what he's going through. His wife says God's basically he'd done him wrong. And then his friends say that he did God wrong. And so that's the explanation somehow, one of those two. But God comes to him and overwhelms him and shows him that actually there's a purpose behind even his suffering. And that's not something that Christians are accustomed to handling, I think. they So often when bad things happen, um, I, I've noticed that so, the, broadly speaking, Christians... I even think of the local radio station for Christian radio. It's called the positive sound or something like that. I don't listen to it much, but it's just so inadequate at the, the world we live in is not just positivity all the time. The world we live in has a lot of negative things that happen. And we have to learn how to navigate those things. Uh, this is not our rest. This is uh, a world that we are passing through. It's an important world. God made it, but uh, it is not the final point. And so um one of the things that I was trying to bring out is that there really are no alternatives to this. Eastern religions, atheism, things people jump to uh, don't really satisfy. Atheism says evil is basically an illusion or it's something that uh, we just make up. We have our own definitions. It doesn't exist. Um, you have in Eastern religions, it, it's either like a mirage, like really I should say Eastern religions is where you find it's more of an illusion uh, that um, the path of suffering is what brings us to try to find enlightenment and divorce ourselves from this world 
or at least uh, I, I should say divorce ourselves from the understanding that we are separate from the world and then to become one with the universe. So you can't make meaningful distinctions between uh, evil and suffering and who you are as a person. And it, it's really all just an impersonal force. And there's really no purpose in that either. And so you you have these religions people are jumping to and, and uh, commitments that don't make sense of that. At least in Christianity, what you have is a good, gracious God who has a purpose for the evil that we see around us. And either that purpose, and there's, there's two broad categories. You have um, God uh, being glorified through it, through the demonstration of his own uh, judgment and patience and kindness. And then you also have the fact that it grows Christians. It makes them more like Christ. They rely on God more when they go through those things. And so I show that in the book of Job and hopefully offer some encouragement for those that are going through that kind of thing in the holidays uh, and then, of course, the last article is actually by my brother, David Harris, Three Principles for Idol Smashing. And he gets into this issue of a idol to Satan erected in the Iowa State Capitol. Michael Cassidy, on December 14th, knocked it down, destroyed it beyond repair. And, of course, a fight broke out on social media between Christians who thought this was wrong and illegal and then Christians who thought this was good. This was like what Gideon did. And uh, and he gets into it uh, and, and talks about how these fault lines are just going to uh, become more and more prevalent. He says that one believes that civil disobedience is sinful, except in a few historical instances that tend to include often exclusively George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, and or MLK, <laughs> which is true. I mean, it, it's like the, the same Christians who are complaining about this guy knocking down the Satan statue are the same. We would go back and they would look at examples of, well, it was it was acceptable to disobey civilly in this instance. And, and so there's a picking and choosing going on, and he, and he tries to give us some principles to work off of to understand whether or not this is uh, was a good or bad thing. So first is consider your culture. And he says there's a difference between Des Moines, Iowa and Salem, Massachusetts, which is true. If you uh, went to Salem, Massachusetts and did the same kinds of, of thing, would it make much of a difference? Probably not, because Salem has already been impacted and had, has fallen to the point of they are tolerating evil uh, much more aggressively than, say, Iowa. Uh, same thing in Chicago, as someone recently pointed out, hey, there's a statue there. Well, or a display of some kind. Well, you know, the thing is, Iowa, it's a line that's been transgressed in the Bible Belt. And someone uh, in the Bible Belt not putting up with it or a group of people not putting up with it is much different than a place like Salem, where it would probably go right back up. And, you know, would it make a big difference? Now, I'm not saying it would be wrong to do it necessarily, but it's uh, the social cost is much different. The cost is much higher in Iowa just because there's much more to lose. And so consider your culture. And I think this is a, a really good, healthy thing for people who are ideologues to think through, who want to find a universal kind of moral imperative that uh, across every time and place to either justify or condemn someone who would do this kind of thing. Um, the situation may actually range a little bit depending on where you are. And then he says, consider the biblical context. You have Gideon, you have Paul. Paul doesn't tear down idols. He goes to places with idols and he preaches. But his purpose was different and his context was different. These are pagan societies. This isn't Gideon, who's a military slash political leader in uh, a time of the judges where every man is doing what's right in his own eyes, which I could argue we're becoming, or maybe in some places we already are. Consider the fact that throughout 2015 to the present, how many statues were torn down lawlessly, uh, and, and now we're supposed to believe that, uh, no, we're a nation of laws. Well, we, we weren't, for, we, we still aren't to, to some extent. I mean, things are still coming down, but somehow this is a bridge too far, just very odd. 
And, and so, you know, you could argue maybe there's a parallel there. Maybe we're living in a time like the judges, depending on where you are in the country. And um, and so you know, he talks about that. He talks about uh, the differences between those two. Their, their purposes were different. And Gideon would have had large support from the people that he was trying to liberate, whereas someone like Saul or Paul, I should say, was there to preach the gospel, make disciples, set up a church and bring it to the point where they would take these things down. But it wasn't there yet. It's at a different stage. And his calling's different. Consider your calling is the third point. Someone like Michael Cassidy, maybe that is his calling to do this. Maybe that's not yours, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, if you're upset, he says, with Cassidy for his act of vandalism, quote-unquote, it's also worth considering that Christianity is a faith of conscience, and that which does not proceed of faith is sin. So it, it could be that your conscience doesn't allow you to do it, but maybe your conscience tells you to do it. And then the final point, don't devour one another. Um, so don't be consumed by one another. You know, be gracious in this. Uh, I, I do think I posted a few memes about this. I do think that we have to be careful with that. We, I think memes are great if they're used rightly because you can make some good points uh, using cartoons and so forth. Um, but the, the thing is, we, we want to st stay away, I think, from uh, just mocking people just to mock them because they're on the other side of a debate, let's say. We want to further debate the debate, uh, further the argument. We want to um, make strong points, but we want to further the conversation. And so I think that on the one hand, let's not be too sensitive if someone opposes you and your argument. But at the other, same time, um, you know, don't try to don't go all ad hominem on people. Uh, I think that's a safe uh, thing to say. And that, that will help preserve uh, the peace and the bond of unity that's there, because there are going to be Christians who disagree on something like this. Um, it, it, it's I, I have my side. I definitely tend to be on the side of let's rip down Satan. I think that's a good thing. But um, uh, it's we, we are in a stage, I would say, in this country where we are finding fault lines we didn't know existed before between us. This is why ministries are splitting and people are not friends with people they were friends with even a few years ago. They're because of political issues. And so uh, that, that will likely continue. And so being as gracious as possible while being as firm in your conviction as possible, I think is a good thing. And I think if you put it through the grid that uh, David wrote about, then I think you'll come out the other side thinking, okay, that there is a path for this being an acceptable thing um, in certain circumstances. And I think this probably is one of them. That's my opinion. But uh, that's it for Truth Script Tuesday. We haven't even gone 15 minutes, so it's been kind of short. I don't know whether or not we will have another episode before the end of the year. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in case we don't have one. God bless.